What's up, everyone out there? Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets and the Mix. Powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the Daily Fantasy app where we actually make money. Wow, that's a pretty cool idea. Download the app for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're going to match the first 100 bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me. We've been doing the thing that we do, throwing our weight around the Jock Market as always because in that game, you got to be really, really sharp and proactive once that clock starts ticking and we get near the IPO and we're going to help you get that cash. Rate, review, and subscribe to the the audio-only pod, and in just a few minutes after I've earned it, I'm going to ask you to stick a big old cartoon finger right up inside me, because likes on YouTube matter more than they should. It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from the Big Apple, that's big, Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as always. We are coming out the chair, as always. What else is new? To all the new listeners, man, really appreciate you. To all the new or old listeners, thanks so much for the feedback, the interaction, the comments, and the questions, right? More than anything, I I think my work resonates with people because I put it all out in public, and it's open, wide open for scrutiny. You know, I invite that. I, I like when people come at it. So the mistakes I make, these things happen. We're juggling tons of information, but no mistakes here. We're going to bring in the perfect. Let's get it done. Enough of that. We need more of this. It's the fastest show in NFL absolutely anywhere, man. Really focused on DFS and jock market, the nuance and the context, cost analysis. We're going to go through the blue chip stocks for the weekend, right? The highest projected players per run the Sims projections. And then we're going to do a penny stock segment where just really a value thing, right? Not the cheapest players. That's not going to do it for us. But in jock market in particular, the things that I've been covering now in these market reports... There is a lot of profit at the bottom. If you could find the utilization, just random tight ends doubling and tripling up because they made three catches for 25 yards. When you only pay 15 cents a share, right? Remember that $1.15 share in jock market, you get a dollar back with the door open to return $25. It's just insane amount of profit potential if you're sharp. So let's get right up into it. It's your blue chips for the upcoming week for Slate. I'm not going to like beat the dead horse and explain to you that good players are good. You guys are Mayo Media Net subscribers hanging out with Patty Mayo. You know the deal. I think what's more important is how we use the underlying metrics, right? The Not just the total, but the player cost plus projections and our expectations with leverage to see if we can get ourselves to the finish line. So at the top, it's Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Between 27.5 and and 18.5, quick lesson there, just don't overreact to a single point. What's more important is that those two players have a tier between them and Lamar Jackson at 22, who then has a mini tier between himself, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. I mean, that's really the main thing to understand there. I'm a bit worried about Lamar with the Buffalo defense. I think they might stunt him because they don't really blitz much. I think you see that reflected in the ownership projection. But the salary for Lamar, not low enough for me to get with him. He's at 8.3, Hurts 8.2, Allen 8.4, right? So it's really like a grab bag, mix and match, go get him, whichever you want. For me, it's Allen and Hurts. I'm with the projections on this one. Kyler Murray up against Carolina. The thing we love for him is he has a 2% ownership projection right now. We know he just starts to run wild with the crazy joystick going on. 
Derek Carr. I've been worried about them, but we know there's passing in that offense and Justin Herbert, who I really can't get behind right now until I see him look healthy. I love Herbert. I think he's awesome. One of the best young quarterbacks in the game, but I'm not really getting it, right? So there's just how he just don't just throw the projections at the wall and go at him. I know people, there are people just run, optimize, and go. To me, that's not how we're going to do it, right? Yes, good players are good, but there's a little bit more to it. How about the running backs? It's Taylor and McCaffrey between 24 and 25, Barkley, Patterson, and Eckler between 20 and 21, and then Jones at 19. That's Aaron Jones. Man, I think Taylor has the chance to pop. I think people are starting to get off him. We're seeing his projection get down near like 10 or 11, which is really good for a player who could finish at the top. A guy like McCaffrey with the same salary, his projection up at 15. We don't even know if he's going to play. I'm not pushing the bunning on McCaffrey. I'm really worried about the Panthers. I'm ready to pull the plug on them altogether. They stink, right? So this is not about, I know people worry about DJ Moore. We can talk about that later, maybe. He's awesome. If I was starting a franchise, I want him. But he's right now tied to the worst version of Baker Mayfield we've seen. The play calling is terrible. The Panthers are trash. I'm not paying a premium to get a part of that offense. Barkley is someone I might, even though he has the high 16% ownership, there's maybe a player there who checks all the boxes, right? We know he could pop the top. We know he's playbook script independent, right? If they're running, he's the main cog. If they're passing, he's the main cog, especially with Sterling Shepard out. Giants going to totally funnel through Barkley. He's probably the guy who would eat the chalk on. Corderell Patterson, with the high projection and the low salary, only player with a sub-7,000 salary and the only one besides Jones in the single-digit projections. Expect him on my teams. Eckler and Jones, I really just can't get to. The usage is very worrisome. Again, Eckler tied to Herbert, who I believe is really hurt. They could get to drop-downs. I think I think this one's going to be very competitive against Houston, believe it or not. LA's just bruised and battered everywhere. And again, we don't know what we're going to get from Herbert. I don't mind not paying and having to see it first. Ah, man, as much as I like Eckler, that first-round pick looks like it's not so great. Michelle really getting worked in. It's He's going to be a game trip guy. So I'm not going to pay to 7-7 for Eckler. I'm going to let the market have him. Let's get into the wide receivers. It's Diggs is the only player... Above 20, and he's at 22. Next is Pittman at 19, right? So there's that tier separation. Try and think of it in percentage rather than points. Because I think the points that would get you in trouble, ah, 22, 19, what's the difference? The difference is Diggs' three-point separation from the field represents more than 10%. I think that's what really matters seeing these projections is. Not so much, oh, he's projected for 22 opposed to 19. Is his 22 is X percent from the field and then that is x percent from there so it's digs at the a at 22 Pittman, aj brown Devontae adams all clumped at 18 yes i have to put somebody first and 18.5 is higher than 18.2 but to me these things are exactly the same they're not even similar they're exactly the same Okay, and that's how I treat them, Adams included, a half point. When you get to Brown at 17, there's a slight difference, but again, they're pretty much the same. I think the best way to do it is we're seeing a lot of matches in the blue chips here, right? If you look across left to right, we have Allen and Diggs. You have Hertz and Brown. You have Murray and Brown. You have Carr and Adams. So quite literally, there are four stacks, pure up, straight up, one v one one stacks projecting at the very top. So you kind of got to have to decide, you're right, to choose your own adventure here. It's Allen at Baltimore, which, I mean, you really, really got to love. I don't know how you can. Murray at Carolina, they've been a bit more worrisome. Carr at Denver, also a bit worrisome. 
right? So, I mean, to me, it's it's hard. It's going to be very hard to get away from from Buffalo. I'm going to be looking to dig into the bargain bin to try and get as much Allen and Diggs exposure as possible. You know, since I flew through the open, which I'm trying to get better at because I'd much rather write share the, all the goodness, the information. I got some, let's get some stats going on. Ravens D, really, really ugly against the pass. Check it out. 47 attempts per game. I think that's worst in the league. 32 completions per game. I believe that's worst in the league. 353 pass yards per game, also worst in the league. 458 total yards, six and a half yards per play, all that stuff, worst in the league. So, like, every reason to get with Buffalo and eat the chalk. And sometimes, again, quick thing on chalk, it's okay to have it in your lineup, and I think then just you have to get different elsewhere. So, if you're going to be playing Allen and Diggs, you're probably going to not get with Jamal Williams or Khalil Herbert, right? I think, I actually think if you just got away from those two players at all, you're going to be different from the field because those guys are going to just bang up all the ownership projections. All right, let's get into the tight ends before we go. It's my boy, Mark Andrews. Oh, my goodness. I got victory laps on Twitter already. I didn't know why he was not a first-round pick. I thought he was this year's Travis Kelsey from years prior going into fantasy drafts. And, well, I was right. He's projecting at 18 points. The next tight ends are at 13, 12, and 11. That's Ertz, Waller, and Pitts. Andrews, get with Andrews, and there's that other stack to go with Jackson. I've been running them out like crazy. I think this might be the week to get hurt. Andrews might get there without Lamar, which is interesting because normally I would run Lamar naked or with Andrews and not the other way around. This might be the time where Buffalo is really good on defense, and they're really going to try and contain him. I think you'll be seeing a lot of zone with Andrews sitting down inside that zone. So I think Andrews could get there without Jackson really having the crazy numbers we've seen. Thing on Waller, I really like about Waller is he's been getting a ton of, obviously he's getting a ton of run, right? We all kind of knew that. But more than that, he's been playing in the slot is Darren Waller and Foster Moreau is out. So the other tight end that was rotating in and out of that like slot wide in line position is out. The Raiders are desperate. I really like Waller, um, Darren Waller today, uh, this weekend, I should say. I, I think there's a chance where he goes off. Remember, uh, Renfro, and again, quick on Waller, 102 routes run, 19 targets, 16% of the team target share, 19% target per route run, 11 yards per reception. Those are all pretty good. 50 receiving yards per game, and I think his prop is at 50. So there's just a little fast forward there. So I think that's it for the blue chips. Again, good players doing good things. Choose your favorite stack. Mine is Buffalo because of the Baltimore defense. The other offenses I have a lot of questions about because I'm a cheapskate. And I understand that if I am going to pay up, I really want the best players in the best spot. And I think you kind of got just that. I mean, Stefan Diggs just blowing it up. I'm going to get to his details in just a second. Boom. I think that was a pretty good job. Good enough a job to ask for the like button after you rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Lots of really cool other stuff on the mix as well. If you're into fighting and uh, other other uh, sports, we're all doing it. It's a lot of fun. I'm getting into the UFC a bit myself. And uh, press the like button on YouTube because I got sidetracked trying to promoting my own stuff. I'm so bad at promoting my own stuff. I'm just like, listen, my work is good. You either like it or you don't. I find people either love me or they hate me. I Sometimes I prefer the latter because here's the last lesson. If that didn't earn the like button, you only catch flack when you're over the target, right? If you ain't get no hate, you probably ain't great. That's How about that? I'm a poet. Didn't even know it. All right, before I just totally goes off the rail, let's take a deep breath before we hop up into our penny stocks. All right, time for the second pillar of profit and our penny stock. That's our value 
section of the show brought to you by Jock Market. Love that app as I've slowly gotten away from playing DFS because I hate losing all of my money. Right, DFS is very binary and I think a lot of people understand that. And that doesn't mean that you can't play it. It just means you have to approach it differently. I've been playing these winner-take-all contests, which I kind of view DFS as winner-take-all anyway. So if you're going to totally turn it into that lollipop where all the pay is at the top, I'll take it. Some of my uh, you know, smaller wager guys out there, men and women out there, there's dollar contests against 100 people, winner-take-all, you get 100 bucks. Or 105 people, you know, whatever, rake. There's a $9 contest against 105 people, winner gets 1000 bucks. You know? I love I love these. I really love these these winner take all contests because I'm putting the majority of the cash into jock market looking for percentage gains and then daily play. You know, like I said, I'd rather just have all these chips out there looking for the big hit. It, to me, it's very disappointing kind of finishing in third. You win 17 cents or something like that. All right, enough of that. More of this. It's the penny stocks. Again, if you're unfamiliar, welcome aboard. Audio-only people, I will walk you through it, but you got to get over to the Red Button YouTube for this one. Grab the screenshot, because no one else is really doing this. And aside from having something to reference, and I've also added the expected IPO for the jock market open, new, you know, I'm always adding, trying to get better, is I want people to become familiar with the numbers here. Let me clean up a small mistake that I made in the last one, because, again, I'm always doing so much, and I never get through a perfect game. Obviously, we want the lowest cost per point okay the ideal number is 250 now if you look at your sheet you're not going to find 250 it's impossible to find 250 why because that would mean there's a purely projection based team that projects for 200 points right that's not going to happen so the point is find the lowest cost per point with players that have the ability to exceed the projections that's the pathway to the highest score from like the value analysis right so it's zach wilson Projected for 19 points at only 5.2 salary, 275 cost per point. Man, that is like pretty awesome, you know, but it's if you believe in the Jets, the projection ownership is probably where this stands out. You see it only 1% owned with a 350 IPO. So I think Wilson's much more of a jock market play than DraftKings. Because DraftKings, you have to attach other pieces. We don't know who it's going to be. Will it be Wilson? Will it be Moore? Will it even be Conklin? Like, who knows? Zach Wilson, I think, is a must-play for jock market. Again, 5.2 thousand DK bucks, 19-point projection over to Derek Carr. 20-point projection, 20.5. So, you know, like, very similar. But the 5.8 salary, right? Also, maybe seems a little bit further apart than projections, but this is the reason why we do this math is that leaves it at almost in a nearly identical cost per point, 282 to 276 respectively, but you get over to the ownership. Carr with 7 to Wilson's 1 shows you where getting with Wilson, if he succeeds, is like the pathway to victory. Straight up in jock market daily play, straight up, you know. Carr is also expected to have double the IPO, nearly $7 to Wilson's 350. That doesn't mean he needs double the points to score, but it doesn't mean he's going to have to be really good. Why bother, right? So you could see how there's a bit more application where Wilson, pure jock market play. Uh, he's going to be tough to stand alone in DFS. I think I'm going to go. I don't think I'd play him in DFS. Carr, probably a better DFS play because, right, the target tree is so narrow, and I think Adams is due to get back up, even get him with, like, the cheap Mac Collins combo meal, you know. But the expectations are so similar for these two quarterbacks that to have an IPO with a 100% disparity is just like, boom, should be mind-blowing and pretty much make the point here. So it's Wilson and Carr, you value plays, though 
Again, Carr, I think I like more for DFS. Running backs, it's Corderell Patterson, Jonathan Taylor, and Rashad Penny. All right, I got some stuff here. Corderell Patterson at 20 points, 6.5 salary, single-digit ownership. The cost per point at 323. Really like that. Again, remember, I know we were saying 250 is optimal, but take an eye down this board, right? This is like a 200-player slate with, you know, top-tier projections being run through them. And it's, you're going to be very hard-pressed to come up with viable names below 380, right? That's kind of the benchmark here. So that's a number we want to be looking at. And that's a number, one of those numbers I want. Key numbers, right? Remember, key numbers. Below, let's even call it below 400. That means it's like 375, 380. Call it below 400. Aim for players that mark the box below $400 per point that have the ability to pop the top. That's going to be the pathway in particular, right, so that's a pathway in jock market outright because there is no projection ownership. Pricing is ownership, right, because more people that get into a player, the higher the price goes, unlike DK, right, which is why ownership becomes a part of the process because the pricing is stagnant, right? So there's a bit more application. Let's get back into the running backs. And there's the value lesson also from before I mentioned that. Cheap pricing does not necessarily equal value. I think that's something we've seen in this content space that's wrong. And again, listen, what do you want me to say? Other people are, yeah, listen, we got, we got stupid people doing math in public. All right, I'm a smart person and I do math in public and get stuff wrong. So when we're going to have stupid people doing math and like theory in public with no one to correct them also, you know, that's the whole thing. It's it, Whatever, these things spin off the rails, which is fine. I actually enjoy that because it opens up pockets for edge, right? Understanding things that other other people don't, and that's really the edge of it. So, Jonathan Taylor, here's the exercise, people. 25-point projection, 8.8 DK buck salary, leaves you with 349 cost per point. Patterson, 20-point projection. 6.5 salary, 323. It's really, really similar. But let's be honest, who has a chance to pop the top? It's Taylor. Now, again, I don't have to tell you Taylor greater than sign Patterson. But through a value-based lens, these players are very similar. You can have players that are a value at the top score. Now, Taylor's ownership, I had mentioned it before. I thought it was going to be much lower. It seemed like people were, you know, he was catching the stank. Double digits, I try not to get with double digit ownership when I'm worried, you know, and I am worried about just the Colts in general, the Tennessee defense. Also, I think that run D is not terrible. So, you know, those are the things where actually the run D has been pretty weak. I guess the comp has been poor. That stuff aside. The value lens is really what I wanted to get at. Then over to Samuel, who might even be a better comparison to Taylor because the cost per point ends up merely dollars apart, right? So if you were to just change your projection, 10th here and a 10th there, all everything comes out in a wash as equal. So just keep an eye on that. Samuel, 16 and a half point projection at 5.7 with the 345 cost per point, 9% projection. Puts him eye to eye with Rashad Penny. But I'm worried about Penny. You know, people think Detroit's going to stink without a Monroe. Yeah, get it and Swift. It's the offensive line that really kicks butt and the Seattle defense is what's so poor. If Penny could get scripted out of this, go on over now to the IPO. I'm so glad I added this. Samuel, 382. Penny, 363. Taylor, 967. What you'd expect. Right, so 
there's that like how these guys and even Patterson 465, right? Where these guys, the opening to $25, remember $25 another key number as a top return. Keep those in mind, right? I think I, I don't want to I don't want to spin too far off the rails and get into too much theory, right? I want to stay focused on this week. I know I kind of have a tendency to do that stuff sometimes, but like I hope to me it's more important than what happens this weekend is that we're leaving with the lessons of how to do the work on our own, right? So take the salary, take the projection, do the math. Absolutely do the math and look at the ownership. All right, let's get into the wide outs there. So I think Taylor's viable. I'm a bit worried about the contacts. Penny, I'm worried about him scripted out. Samuel, I, I keep including Samuel because he gets carries. But Patterson and Samuel, guys that I really like because the salary is low, because the cost per point is low, and because the ownership is in the single digits and the IPO price is below $5, right? These are the things I'm always looking for that that 500% potential return in the JM streets. All right, wide receivers, it's... I mentioned Samuel, but it's Zay Jones, Romeo Dubes, Deontay Johnson, Stephon Diggs. Diggs, another great example of how a player with a crazy high projection can pull up the salary to a place where it's a value. I wish I would have waited till the end, but that's really it. Diggs at a 381 cost per point, really similar to the other names we mentioned. So you make room for a guy like that, not just for the ceiling, but because there's value there. I really like all these guys Zay Jones, salary relief at 4.2, 10% ownership. I'd much rather go to Romeo Dubes, equal point projection, similar salary, a bit higher, with a touch lower ownership projection, but I believe the ceiling is there, right? So I'm always, I don't, I try and back up all the stuff that I'm talking about, right? And walk you through it, how these decisions are made, right? Think about the, the, the scale with all the different plates on it, right? You want to... Make sure that, you know, oh, I like this stat, so I dump it right there. But Dubes looked really good. We'll get to him in a bit later on. Deontay Johnson, if you can stomach getting tied to Mitch Trubisky, something I mentioned at the outset with DJ Moore, then you rock with Johnson. And again, Diggs is basically my play of the week. That $7 IPO is is off. I'm sorry. It's absolutely off. He's going to IPO at 9 to 10. I should have mentioned this because we are doing the actual application here. Blue chip players draw the line there at like eight fifty nine dollars. Again, don't get hung up on cents. And if you, if a guy you really want is a two cents, you know, over eight fifty, but John said, don't don't listen to me like that, right? That's not how this is. But I do like to have it around nine bucks because once you're at nine dollars, you're you're capping the potential return. The finishes number one. Remember, two hundred players very difficult to finish as number one. So I'd rather find the percentage gains in. The lower parts of it, right? You don't have to pay premiums in jock market. You just don't have to do that. DFS, you kind of do because the salary cap is preset. So you have to fill up that that bowl. Jock market, you don't have to do that, right? Now, I'm not saying just chase dollar players. But again, it's you can absolutely make money without chasing anybody over 9 bucks. Penny stock guys, the, I like to cap it at. I'm, I was saying 555 to start the season. As the season has progressed, I've gone to 650. Everybody that we like is at 650 or below. Well, like I truly believe that. And then... If you're in the JM streets themselves at the very end, five minutes before the close, hopefully you have all your bids in and you're, you know, breathing easy. Then you go back and search by price and anybody that comes up on our utilization, you go after. Because it, that's just football so, so variant. Guy like Zay Jones is not going to get bid up much further than three bucks. And he could be the number one wideout like that day, you know, because I don't think Slay is going to follow around Kirk. 
But if he sees a bunch of them, Jones could just be the default. He's had some near misses and stuff, so right there's the application. And then David Nujoku for tight ends, probably my favorite on the board, just outright. He's checked every boxes. The low salary, the good projection, the low cost per point, 5% ownership, and a 238 IPO. So, you know, check, 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 check. Let's close it out with an easy one. David Njoku really looks like the mean... Yeah, I shouldn't say the main target. I guess he's the second. I guess he's the second target in Cleveland, which is you know fine being that second pass catching option. Something that we're fine with. He's played. This is Njoku played ninety percent of snaps, eighteen percent of the team target share, one point six yards per route, eight yards per target, more than ten percent of the team's air yards. Right. So for a tight end, that's really good. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Rate, review, and subscribe. Audio only pod. Press the like button if you learned something. And just real quick, right? Wilson is a huge must must play in jock market. I think Patterson must play. Samuel must play. Zay Jones, Romeo Dubes, Stefan Diggs, and Njoku. So I'm going to be feasting on this board. This value board ends up being aligned with a lot of the stuff that I do. All right. Let's take a deep breath before we do a Prop play, plus money, prop, prop, prop play. Say that eight times fast before we get out of here. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. We are in the red zone. We are going to punch it in. All right, let's get it done for the audio only listeners. I will not leave you in suspense any longer. Our prop play is Romeo Dubes, who I alluded to before on the Green Bay Cheeseheads. Now, a little bit of lesson here before we get out of here. I have just a couple minutes left. Yes, love leaving time for my handicapping work. Betting in theory, sustainability, profitability. Like, I live for this stuff and helping people. All right. Dubes. Alt prop. Why do we play the alt prop? It's very simple. The difference between the yardage of the standard prop and the pricing for the alt prop are disparate. Meaning, when a player goes over, they generally go over by more than nine yards. 9 or 10 yards is generally the delineator for the next step. But f- to go for 40 yards, right? So I think you could go get 39.5 at minus 110. Or for 50 yards, you go to plus 126. So these are on a lot of sites have alt props. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up in the comments. I'll get you hooked up if you don't have access. But if not, you can hit the, hit the 40. That one's on DK. But I like Alt-rec props, because I want the plus money that you see right there, okay? Take two props at plus money, hit one of them, and you make cash, only having a 50% win rate. Where if you play two regular props, and you hit 50%, you're a loser, and the chances are the one you hit, hit by more than 10 yards. Because that's just the nature of the game, right? The usage just goes way over, you've seen that. And if you want to get with any more of the work, I'm going to be putting out my full ticket. As always, I do have the Patreon page. Um, you know, at ML, It's MLB NFL Moving Averages. You can just search my name, John Legaza, or on Twitter, John Legaza, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. That's the streamline. We have everything. We're free. Actually, we go live today. We start paying up today. Maybe I'll leave it open for one more day. But it's $2 a week, $8 a month, just to keep the lights on, doing the... NFL CLV model, if anybody's into, if you're line betting, this is like a must-have. I hate to promote my own stuff like that. This is an absolute must-have. We are crushing these line moves. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I have spoke to line makers themselves who are, like, accusing me of being lucky. I'm like, dude, I, I'm showing you the math. Told you what's going to happen. It happened week after week after week. I'm telling you, with the work we're doing using cost analysis Similar to reading the tape in the market, right? Quick breakdown is we look for 
pockets of volume to move the money line. When that starts to shift, the cost analysis will point us towards the line move themselves. We'll be in front of crazy lines, just in front of all of them. And then using it to place bets, it was a huge hit last the week before because we had San Fran at plus one. I said it was going to move. We bet San Fran plus one. I marked that one down, and they lost by one. So we cashed when the rest of the world um, did not. And that's really like what's up. So let's get into Dubes. He looks like he's emerging as the number one wideout in, in Green Bay, and that's really what we're looking for, right? So give me the plus money, plus 126, 50 receiving yards last week, right? So you got to be careful. The other bit of nuance here for NFL handicapping is you got to split the stats, right? Weeks matter, injuries happen and stuff. Last week, the usage for the roof, 55 snaps. That was 90% of plays, 34 routes run, 8 targets, 24% of the team target share, 24% target per route run, 2.15 yards per route, 9 yards per target. Really thick, healthy stuff eight receptions for 73 yards and a score the Pats defense is it's okay like on paper but it's been matchup stuff and now they played Tua he got to them they played Trubisky that throws off all the stats they played Lamar and Lamar just ran wild against him so remember a lot of this stuff we've seen again context and nuance at the center of a lot of my work I don't think the New England pass game is very good Green Bay is gonna sling it they throw the ball a ton we've seen him get it out Really quick, Dobbs looks like he's been the focus. They went to him in the red zone. He's becoming the reliable target there. Lazard is the hands guy, but I think Dobbs is the one with the juice. So we're going to give me Romeo Dubes. I give me Dobbs Dubes. Give me Dubes. Smoking Dubes. Um, Alt Rec plus 50 at plus 126. And that will do it. Woo! For the fastest show in NFL, absolutely anywhere. The nuance of the context just pouring out of every like orifice in our faces. But that's what's up, everybody. So let's take the deep breath and a quick recap. Right, we um, are blue chippers. For me, it's the Buffalo stack. That's the premier stack. If I had to fade one of the big stacks, it'd probably be Baltimore. I think the Buffalo defense is really good. I think their style of play is the one that could sit on Baltimore. Lamar Jackson's one of the best football players on the planet. You know what I mean? I'm not really trying to bet against them. Although, if the line keeps moving, the Buffalo money line may end up, I just don't think the Baltimore defense has what it takes for 60 minutes of Josh Allen and then Buffalo would only have to stop the Ravens a few times. I think without the run game, they're a little bit one-dimensional. So yeah, I do kind of like Buffalo. Penny stocks, get back on that one. Screenshot that because those are the players that we want. You know, Dubes and Jones and CPAT, you know what I liked actually? CPAT popped up on the injury report with a the knee. They're bubble wrapping him. I really, I think he's fine. So it, hopefully that will suck out some ownership. Hopefully that will suck out some of the IPO cost. That I've noticed absolutely 100%. Guys that are, have the Q tag and stuff end up much cheaper uh, in jock market. And those are really players that we can get behind because if they're playing, they're, they're playing. You know, they, I, I don't try to get hung up on Q tags and stuff. No one knows the truth about that. All right, man. So. Thanks for picking up what we're putting down. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. Pre, please press the like button on YouTube. That stuff really, really matters. Get up in the comments. Get on social media. Tag Patty Mayo. You know he loves he loves that stuff. And uh, stick with me on Patreon if you want. If you want all the, all the betting model, we're doing picks, MLB stuff all the way throughout. These first five team totals have been awesome people are paying you know the most of the subs have paid for the entire year already we're cracking i'm a plus money better we've just been cracking it so all right that's what it is enjoy the games enjoy your day and when we're done with the book enjoy that pay from all the ladies and gentlemen here at the mix and mayo media net we love you much 